Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Trend Zone. I am your host, Dustin Baker, here with Cody Spears, Jason Bowen, and Wes Johnson. We're talking about week one, the things that surprised us, the three things apiece per dude, and then three things we're looking forward to for week two. Uh, forgive me, my voice is a little wonky tonight. I do not know what was wrong with me or is wrong with me, but we're going to persevere, and I'll sound a little bit off, uh, but I think the the content is still there. The voice is just a little goofy. Uh, so yeah, we're going to talk about all the NFL stuff from last week heading into this week. Foremost, we're going to talk about betonline.ag, which is our sponsor. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BLEAV50, believe 50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. The trend zone tonight has real live actionable football to speak of, past and present now. Uh, we're going to talk about week one stuff, three things per person that surprised the group, and then three things that we're most looking forward to in week two. So, Jason, I will start with you, good sir. Give me one observation, week one NFL, that you were surprised by in a good or a bad way. Well, you know, I mean, this day and age, I can't really say I'm surprised by a whole heck of a lot. Um, <laughs> you know, but the the one statistic that I saw about the, the I think that, uh, Dustin, you shared it via the group chat, was the... Uh, the, the bottom seven or was it six <laughs> offenses in uh, football, which I believe, if I'm not mistaken, were Cincinnati, New England, Green Bay, mm-hmm. uh, Tam- not Tampa, um, L.A. Rams, that is. And then the Cowboys. And then there was one other one on that list. Yeah, that was that. <laughs> so but we all know that that's not fact. That just is fact for this moment. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, obviously, my biggest surprise was. Um, I would have to say, um, the Niners, the Niners bears. I couldn't believe the bears came out and, uh, eked one by him. I didn't watch any of the game. I probably should have. I looked at, uh, Trey Lance's, uh, end of the game stats was not impressed. Hopefully, uh, they're, they're probably very grateful. They kept Jimmy G on. Hey, they were wiping down the field in Chicago with a towel. That's how bad it was. I take that whole game. Anytime we bring up like fantasy points per game for the Bears and 49ers, it was 17 game or 16 game season. That game don't count. I I do like that (laughs) reference. All that game don't count because that leads me into my next one. But uh, are we just doing one at a time? (laughs) Yeah, we'll do. We'll do one at a time to uh, space it out. Wes, what's your first one? Uh, it was the uh, Cincy Pittsburgh game, um, uh, specifically how poor Cincy looked in the first half. Um, uh, obviously, a lot of teams are going through the preseason without putting their starters on the field, um, really at all. And 
this is kind of a result of that. Um, I believe he had four turnovers before halftime, uh, three interceptions, one fumble. Um, the offense and the offensive line was fairly lethargic. Uh, Pittsburgh defense, they came to play. Um, even without TJ Watt over the next few games, I mean, they um, – Last year, they seemed to take a, a step back in my eyes, but this year they're back with a vengeance. Um, so I, that, that game was a pleasant surprise in, in terms of just how, um, how good the Steelers looked and how poor uh, Cincy looked. Cody, what do you got? Captain Optimism. <laughs> I'll keep the theme going with good defenses and towels with the Kansas city defense, putting a wet towel on Arizona. Uh, Mm. That secondary was sticky. Everything about the rookies looked great. It sucks that corner Trent McDuffie got hurt, but George Kalaftis looks like the real deal. He got four pressures himself and two quarterback hits and they kept your guys, right? Yeah, for sure. And uh, they kept Kyler Murray under 200 yards passing Um, things right now in Arizona. A game like that, you're starting to see the tabloids already come out questioning leadership. It's only week one, so uh, I'm uh, that also makes me curious what they'll look like next week, too. And if Kansas City's defense returns to being leaky, um, maybe it was just a fluke. You got a lot of these week one outcomes looked pretty crazy. Oh, uh, my first one is about the Rams. Not that I was incredibly surprised that they would be rusty, but when I left them out of my playoff predictions, um, my documented ones, I did so because you're looking at a team whose head coach thought about maybe retiring, whose best player, Aaron Donald, sent a letter saying he's going to retire. And I, I, the reason I picked them to lose against the Bills is I don't think they have the hunger factor, at least for week one. And then you watch the game and you start to wonder, are these guys going to get passed by the teams that actually do want it? So, of course, they have all kinds of talent, maybe not quite as much as last year, but I'd like the group to start getting used to the fact that the Rams, A, will not repeat, and B, could be like a 9-8, and 10-7 and seven team if, if they don't get their shit together. So I think the fruition of the Rams looking like shit is what surprised me the most. Not, not, that, they, not that they lost to the Bills, that they looked like garbage um, was the one for me. Jason, what's your next? Yeah, no, I, I agree with with that sentiment quite well. That uh how do you not go to anybody other than Cup is be is baffling <laughs> to me. I mean, Jesus. Uh well, I had on my list um Wes's choice as well, primarily because I didn't maybe I've just been living in the sand, but holy shit, was Pittsburgh's defense just relentless. From the first half, I watched a lot of the first half. I didn't catch much of the second half when uh, the Bengals kind of got clawed their way back into it. But, oh, my goodness, that was just an electric defense from what I saw. And were they were they this good last year? Man, was that good? No, but I'm going to throw in. They were not. I'm going to throw in the Eagles and the and the Lions game here. (laughs) Um, And I, I mean, a shootout. Yes. But a shootout that was that was <laughs> that had eight rushing touchdowns <laughs> and only two passing touchdowns, and they came at the hands of Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. Incredible! What a game! Um, I don't know what this game actually tells me moving forward, but I liked it. I think it tells you that the Lions aren't trash. 
Yeah. They're probably what we thought they were, maybe six and 11, seven and 10, not in the uh, basement of the NFC North. Um, but, you know, we'll see with more, more to come. Go ahead. And- <laughs> we had the same kind of optimism, or at least I had the same kind of optimism or misplaced optimism for, for them last year. But man, that was a <laughs> that was a great game. Yep, four Incredible. different four different Eagles had rushing touchdowns. Yeah. Yep. Couldn't go all to the same guy. They had to split it all up. And so yeah. the Vikings will get to play those Eagles in five days. So like that might, that'll be, that might be on my game. next that might be on my next list. Heck uh, yeah. I'll, I'll save my speech for that. Uh Wes, what's number two <laughs> for you? Uh number two, uh Indy versus Houston. Um Indy didn't look so good. Mm-hmm. And they're a team that um uh, I myself picked them to win the division. All three of you. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, as, as, they bitches, right, he says. as they rightfully should. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, they should. Um, but I, I've also mentioned that, you know, Houston is one of those sneaky teams for me that I think that they will be a lot better than people will give them credit for. Um, Davis Mills has shown that. You know, he he can navigate a NFL offense. Um, I, I think people will go into the Houston game and tend to sleep on them. And Lovey Smith will have, you know, that defense ready to uh, that defense and that team ready to compete. So, um, you know, they they showed out uh, against Indy. Uh, the game ended in a tie. Um, you know, Houston showed its inexperience uh, or what have you um, in the latter portion of that game. But at the same time, I mean, they they hung in there and they gave Indy everything that they could handle. What's the deal? We got to wait for a couple of weeks before Damian Pierce gets the big job. Is that the gig here? Fantasy gods? Man, I hope not. <laughs> Nobody likes sexy Rexy. Get him out of there. <laughs> yeah, who who knows? I mean, um, they showcased them all preseason, and then yeah, they go with with Rex Man, Burkhead. So they got I'm, me in I'm my laughing. home league. I'm starting them in my home league. They got me with the hype. Yeah, hook, line, and sinker. What's your number two, Cody? Uh, I got another AFC West defense. I picked both uh, Kansas City and the Chargers because they have the type of offense that, yeah, if they have the defense as well, these guys could easily go all the way. And so I got the Chargers defense against the Raiders. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought maybe the Raiders would have a better game plan than to just throw to Devontae Adams, but uh, that's exactly what they did. But their offensive line over in in Vegas – uh, has stood no chance against Khalil Mack and Joey Boza. They both combined for 16 pressures, four and a half sacks, and two turnovers. That's just two guys from that defense. Um, they intercepted Carr three times and finished with six sacks total. And Jeez. that's a recipe to win in the AFC West, for sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number two involves the New York Giants and Tennessee Titans. And it is not that the Giants won. Um, well, I guess it is a little bit, and it's certainly not Daniel Jones. It is that Saquon Barkley had 194 yards from scrimmage, and somehow the takeaway is that Danny Dimes got a win. And I hate to break it to you. I know we can't really be high on running backs in the modern NFL, but Saquon won the football game for the Giants, not Daniel Jones. It's great that he got a QB win and all, but the return of Saquon, or at least resurgence of Saquon, 
And then the ballsy decision by Dable to end it with a two-point conversion, uh, I think was surprising. And this was on the road against the AFC's number one seed from last year. So Wes has alluded to a couple times the relative weakness of the NFC East. And with Prescott being down for a few games, and then we'll see what the Eagles come into come or turned out to be. Uh, I think that the Giants getting a win there, making a statement, was a big deal. Yeah, oh, Giants, yeah. Giants, Texans, Seahawks, and Bears are uh, division leaders right now, <laughs> like we predicted. <laughs> Just like we predicted. Jason, what is your final surprise of week one before we get into week two stuff? Um. Yeah, my yeah, final surprise has to be has to be the Broncos game. Um and the the biggest surprise for myself is that I didn't get upset about it as I probably should have. Um just a mystery, a mystifying game. I felt I was I I was watching that game bewildered. <laughs> I wasn't sure what to think of it. Um but yeah, that 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 has to probably be. That was the one game that Dustin you researched that they could not afford to lose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, just, it would have been too embarrassing. It was my th- my feeling. Josh and Wes and Wes, you always have to be there with this like this knowledge of things I I just do not want to hear <laughs> because we play the Texans this week at home and I'm expecting <laughs> an explosion from the Broncos offense this year this week. Um actually punching it into the end zone. So hopefully that little prediction of yours waits one week. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Wes, hit us with your final surprise of week one. Uh, It was the the weather game, Uh, the Chicago Bears and how they just hung on and scrapped their way to a victory. Um, A lot of this was on San Francisco, just giving the game away. both uh Debo uh Debo had a fumble um I forget who else had a fumble but uh turnovers in uh scoring position and um just getting away from what San Francisco does best I I felt like Shanahan got a little bit too big of a head and uh they came into the game or it, when the game started and rather than going to their bread and butter, which is, you know, running the ball, um, you know, they tried to get a little too cute, tried to feature Lance a little bit too much and uh, it spelled doom. I mean, they, they were able to score and, and take an early lead, but um, they didn't do what they're known for. And they allowed Chicago to hang around. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're in the hole in the fourth quarter um, on a, a field that's not conducive to getting back into the game. And as Vikings fans, you know, we can all attest to being in Chicago and, you know, the Vikings playing on a, a subpar field. Uh, which it always seems to be a subpar field. I know they put, what are they talking about? Bermuda grass or whatever the hell they put in there. Sod. Oh, yeah, sod. It, it sure as hell didn't do they shit for the rain. That picture <laughs> yeah. that you shared this weekend was was absolutely marvelous. <laughs> yeah, the, the sideline marker was uh, all over Make the you place. rub your eyes a little bit and try to get a clearer <laughs> yeah. look. So, I, I mean, 
it, it was a quintessential Chicago Bears victory. Uh, oh yeah, if there ever was one, <laughs> and the the photos and the videos of uh, you know the Bears players sliding in the rain, uh, that that was a pretty cool moment. So uh, that was uh, number one for me on the week was how how they performed and and stealing a, a victory from San Francisco. I got to jump in front of Cody because that's mine too. And I'm sure he's going to want to give his uh, rebuttal. Um, but the way <laughs> it's steaming over here. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> well, he, hear me out because you'll have, you'll have a good rebuttal to this. I hope you do. Um, shouldn't the San Francisco 49ers, specifically Kyle Shanahan, be the best football team on earth to play in a rain game? They run the ball. They that's what they do. They get creative with motion. They keep it on the ground. That's how they beat the Packers every playoff. Like and so if you if you when I when my wife showed me the the Twitter clip of it being rainy as hell on our way up to Minneapolis, uh, excuse me, the, ra- the rainy as hell in Chicago, I said, oh, the Niners will be fine. It's right up their alley. And to Wes's point, they tried to be the coolest kid in school and deviate from what they would normally do. So uh, I think that it was surprising that you had a team that should be able to adapt like that with all of their, their weaponry and play calling in particular. And instead they were like, nah, and they let fields get the best of them. So uh, give me your rebuttal, sir. And then your final, most surprising thing. Uh, the best thing I think of, and I didn't get to watch the game. I was watching uh saints Falcons to start off, but uh, is that maybe their offense is a little too East and West and not so much North and South. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how much power running they actually do up there. I do. I do wish that they would have ran Trey Lance more or featured him more in the game. Um, but I mean, chalk, chalk that one up to what it is, toss it out, you know, onto Seattle. <laughs> All right. Sounds um, like he sounds like he works for the Niners. Well, Seattle, <laughs> Seattle will be uh, coming off a Super Bowl hangover, too. Well, yeah, they just blew their emotional wad in week one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's, what's your final one? Uh, I, my third one was I was just surprised that some things were actually so predictable. Uh, so we got Mahomes being better without Tyreek Hill. We discussed that on here. You got the Cowboys, Cardinals, and New England offenses uh, struggled just like a lot of people thought they would. Um, we talked about maybe the Bengals taking a step back or at least debated on that. And then also AJ Brown, Tyreek Hill, and Devontae Hill or Devontae Adams all just stepped in and produced like everybody was thinking they would. And history has shown us that that's not always the case with a new piece. Albeit they're all trade additions and not free agency additions. Uh, everybody's kind of skeptical that someone like Devontae Adams can go from Green Bay to Vegas and put up the same amount of targets. And it looks like he might even put up more. Um, and then the last one that I'm not surprised about, but am surprised, is Justin Jefferson's dominance. I mean, I was predicting this guy, I was telling my wife how great Cooper Cup was and then told her how much I thought that Justin Jefferson was better and he could have that same type of ceiling or even higher. And we witnessed it right off of the moo moo. <laughs> I mean, this happened right off the tip. Um, hundred, a hundred. I don't even remember the yards, 84, 184 yards. There we go. And he almost had that third touchdown as well. Uh, yeah. put in a hat trick It's just the dominance was crazy. And this is a team that I was telling people here at the house that the Packers should have top five defense. I don't see why not. So yeah, that's the real cool part is that yeah. it wasn't some schmo opponent or defense for that matter. 
And yeah, Jeff- Jefferson missed that third touchdown by a Kevin Durant toenail against the mm-hmm. Bucks, And so it should have been almost like a Moss-like day in terms of the stat line. Uh, I'm going to go first this and because I want to get the Vikings stuff out of the way. So it's not just that I want to see if the Vikings are the real deal, because of course I do. Uh, my thing that I'm most looking forward to is Vikings Eagles, because whoever wins that game will be a front runner national opinion to reach the NFC championship. Not because either team is incredibly infallible. It's because the NFC looks like poop at the moment. Tampa Bay is the only team that took care of business that was a perennial front runner to maybe get to the Super Bowl. Other than that, the one and no teams are the Commanders, the Giants, the Bears, the Saints, and the Seahawks. So by default, whoever wins Eagles Vikings, they're going to bang the drum and say, "All right, is the Vikings? They're probably the they're the front runner to go play the Bucks." Um, and same thing with the Eagles if they if they somehow stop the shit out of the Vikings or just went out right, whoever emerges from that game at least for a week or two is going to be considered a front runner to reach the NFC championship. So uh, mm-hmm. aside from obvious interest that I have in that game, it's really implications for the NFC. Jason, your first item that you're most looking forward to week two. <clears throat> well, I'm, yeah, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a Homer as well, mm-hmm. but it, w- first of all, where's that game at the Vikings game? Is that Look- in in Philadelphia, Monday night. In Philly, Philly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I'm looking forward to Denver coming out on Sunday in front of their home fans and just absolutely going off completely on them. I, I was really excited with what I saw um, during Monday night's game amidst all the freaking reasons that one would think you should be upset about it. I was pleased with what I saw. I think it's going to be a good, fun game. Uh, I, I'm, I'm predicting hopefully 40 points, Wes, against that defense. Defense, <laughs> 40 it. points in front of the home crowd. It's going to be great. But um, tomorrow night's game is going to be real good, too. I'm excited to see that because one of those teams has to lose. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, hey, if if that's the case, then they'll, uh, you know, there are going to be three teams in the AFC West with one loss already. So at least one. Cody, yours. Uh, on the flip side of the LA uh, Chargers and Kansas City Chiefs defense talk, um, I got what about um, Justin Herbert and Pat Mahomes? Are they going to keep up this MVP type of performance that they've had? And let's go ahead and throw in Josh Allen in that too. These are three AFC teams that I am absolutely hoping someone Eli Manning's their way to a Super Bowl because I do not want to face these guys. Uh, Patrick Mahomes with his five touchdowns. Uh, <laughs> That's just right off the rip. Crazy. Uh, I did have this stat from Nick Shook at NFL.com. I thought I wanted to share with y'all. It says Patrick Mahomes is one of six players in NFL history with at least six career games of five plus past TDs. He has played in 64 career games. The others played in at least 240 plus career games. So he's doing this in a fraction of the amount of time. This guy is legendary. Everybody who said he was going to fall off or maybe put Josh Allen ahead of him in their rankings might be a little too early to jump the gun. So what I want to see in week two is can these two guys continue to get talked that they've overtaken Pat Mahomes or is Pat Mahomes going to be on a vengeance this whole year saying, Hey, I'm former MVP. Give me that award back. Yeah. And uh, the people, there was a handful of folks that said Mahomes could be more dangerous without Tyreek because he doesn't have to singularly focus on him. And, and I, I was one of them for yeah, the show. For a week, for a week. That looks hella, hella smart. All right, Wes, what's yours? 
Uh, mine is um, I'm interested in uh, the Miami at Baltimore uh, game. Uh, I've obviously been beating the Miami drum uh, all off season. Um, and I'm just interested to see which of these two teams is, is the real deal. Uh, it's possible that they both could be, um, but it's a, a good early litmus test for uh, both of these clubs. I, I think Baltimore has um, a good chance to take their division. Um, and then obviously, you know, my stance on Miami has remained the same throughout. So I, I think this will be a, a good game, uh, probably a defensive uh, struggle. Um, so, yeah, that, that's one that I like. I'll stay in the AFC and <clears throat> piggyback on Jason's Chargers and Chiefs because whoever wins that goes to 2-0 in the league's toughest division and will be considered the team for a while that will face the Bills in the AFC Championship. Um, you'll figure out between Chiefs and Chargers, at least for a little bit, who's better. And, you know, uh, talk, Cody talking about, can Mahomes do it again? Oh, of course he can. We already, he doesn't need to, he doesn't need to do anything else. Uh, that's why I picked him for MVP this year. Um, but I think that the Chargers really have an opportunity, unless they do Chargers stuff, um, you know, the wacky Vikings like shit that usually happens in Chargers games. This is their one of their early moments to show we're actually going to make the playoffs this year. We're not just going to have a cool quarterback who throws 35 touchdowns and miss the postseason beating the Chiefs. And I think that one's an arrowhead. And so that would be an even bigger deal. Um, but if they don't, and that means the Chiefs are kind of in familiar territory that, you know, they're going to be right back near the AFC championship, baby. And I don't think that would surprise too many folks. Jason, your third or no second, second thing you're looking for. Well, I'm going to be paying attention. I think to the, to the Bucks saints game. Um, has it, any of you guys know what the record is from the saints and the, and the bucks from when the bucks got Brady. It has yes. to be closer. The saints are on top. It so might yeah, be like four and or is it something crazy like that? Yeah. Um, but you know, I think, um, I'm interested to see if the Saints can do it and go to two and all. Um, I have, have reasonably high expectations for the Saints this year. Um, I've, you know, I, I had them last year too, primarily because of Jameis. I, I I still like Jameis Winston. I think he's more than capable of of doing what needs to be done to get him get him to the playoffs at the very least. Um, so I, I'm interested to see if they could take it to Tampa. Since Brady signed in Tampa, the Saints have beat them four out of five times. Wow, that's in, that's incredible. Isn't it is. Jameis one of the most fun players in the league? I, I feel like every time I see a clip of Jameis on Twitter, I'm I'm excited to watch it. Like, man, it is got good. Now? He's talking yep. about getting pain in that last game. <laughs> must watch. Yep. Must watch. Yeah. All right. So we are to, is this Wes? What? No, Cody. Cody, oh, and, and, and before we, Carson Wentz is a top five quarterback. <laughs> yep. And this is the twilight zone. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, for me, I also got Miami and Baltimore. I want to see uh, which of these teams is for real. And Baltimore's defense, I thought, uh, I mean, it was against the Jets and Joe Flacco, who, by the way, threw the ball 59 times against the Ravens last Holy week. Shit. I could not believe that. But uh, <laughs> that's, that's And he got incredible. like 100 and, 
I think he off the top of my head he got like 170 <clears throat> yards, which is crazy. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, he, he's keep... in the top five too, Cody, for yards. Oh God, Flacco is. That's crazy. But yeah, I want to see which one of these teams is for real. They both got um, a lot of great young pieces on defense and two offenses that are hoping to be the best in the league. I did see um, this rumor. It was Lamar Jackson liking a picture of him in a Dolphins jersey. So can we uh, think about Lamar Jackson playing in Miami for a second? There was rumor. I heard. I also saw it somewhere else that um, some beat re- reporter who's kind of respected said that he expects Lamar Jackson to get traded. You know, Miami's shown that they're willing to do whatever it takes to go get a quarterback for a Super Bowl with that Tom Brady drama. So you mean like in the offseason or like on a Tuesday? Yeah, like, like in the offseason. Yeah, like, I mean, on a Tuesday yeah. would be crazy. But yeah. I mean, I also got to mention Tua did play for Alabama and we know we're all who loves their Bama players. It's Baltimore. So, I mean, also, I could see them possibly trading away Lamar Jackson and going with a young rookie. That'd be totally a Baltimore thing to do. Save all that money against the cap instead of investing mm-hmm. a fully guaranteed deal on Lamar. Yeah. The Ravens are smart and it's their world we're living in. So, <laughs> I, I am officially on board with Lamar playing somewhere else next year. But yeah, they're not going to, they're not going to pay him, are they? No, I really don't think they're going to. It's the Ravens. They're too smart. I mean, Lamar's best years are right now or behind him. I believe that there's people smarter than me running the organization. And if you think that if they believed that, he'd already have the deal. That's true. And he turned down top quarterback money. I mean, something more than Russell Wilson. So that tells me he's looking to get a hell of a lot of guarantees. Who's not going to care about signing that check? Steven Ross. Who's not going to care about pushing Tua out the door? Steven Ross, he's already shown that he's willing to do it for a superstar, anyways. Yeah, so, mm, makes sense. The 2023 <laughs> quarterback carousel gets its first little twist. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right, Wes, your second to last thing you're watching for week two. Uh, I will stay in the Vikings division. I will go Chicago at Green Bay for Sunday night football. Um, uh, yuck, I want to see more of this Sunday night game. Yeah, I hate yeah. watching that game. <laughs> I want to see if Aaron Rodgers still owns Chicago. Uh, I, I do think Green Bay will bounce back um, and likely take the the victory in this one. But uh, you know, Chicago's showing to be a scrappy team, much like the uh, Texans, and uh, I think they're going to be annoying enough to keep themselves in most games uh, this year. Um, so that, that's one that I'm watching for, uh, also just as a Vikings fan, you know, do a little bit more recon on our rivals. So, uh, that's definitely one. Yeah. I hope Christian Watson goes off. (laughs) I just (laughs) traded for him in one of our leagues and I do not like green Bay players as I've already stated, Uh but, uh, I mean, he would have had a monster game against us if he would not drop that 75 yard pass. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was absolutely demoralizing. That was right on my side of the field there. And you'll remember last year when the two teams played, the fourth quarter was just like that back and forth, mm-hmm. just haymakers. And I was like, oh, God, here we go. Like when the ball is in the air, I was like, oh, we're starting right back up here, baby, aren't yep. we? I was imagining, yeah, I was imagining your reaction and your son's reaction to all those moments <laughs> yeah. at the game. Oh, I, it was slow <laughs> I motion. I swear I saw y'all for a second, but I was like, oh, I can't pause this. 
it, it was slow motion. It was going to him. You could see Peterson, uh, Patrick Peterson was burnt, and it was like, oh god, they're gonna start this shit again. Yeah, I started having <laughs> flashbacks of the Arizona game and then the Bengals game, and it's like, oh no, we're back. <laughs> yep, that's what it felt mm-hmm. like. But the the gods, the Norse gods, ensured that he <laughs> dropped it. Um, so I want to before I give my last thing here. Um, I came up my dude Janik Eckhart from Germany. I we. We put our heads together this offseason and we tweaked my quarterback formula that I've been doing for a couple of years. And I made it so that it evaluates PFF grade, the EPA CPOE, the DVO sc- DVOA score, and passer rating. So PFF, EPA, and DVOA are all 30% apiece. And the passer rating is 10% because people can't stand that sometimes. And then we uh, weighted them and scaled them to 100, which wasn't easy. But we finally got down. So I want to go through the top 10 quarterbacks at week one um, based on this system, which really shouldn't be any arguments about whether or not it's good because it looks at everything. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. Kirk Cousins is in the top 10. <laughs> well, he will be. Otherwise, oh, otherwise, the, God. <laughs> otherwise, the the rubric is bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mahomes by a mile was the number one. Josh Allen was number two. Justin Herbert was number three. Ryan Tannehill somehow was number four. Kirk Daniel Cousins was number five. Geno Smith was number six. Russell Wilson was number seven. Jameis Winston, number eight. Lamar Jackson, number nine. And Carson Wentz, number 10, based on all four of those metrics, heavy on the PFF, EPA, and DVOA. So, bottom of this uh, PFF before. before they uh, PFF, <laughs> yeah, Eric announced his departure or after because it, it was it after. changed. Yeah, no, we had yeah. to run through it. They were like, "Oh, wait, no, they they, they screwed some stuff up." And yeah, after <laughs> after he, they had to fix some stuff. Uh, the bottom of the league, uh, close your ears, Cody, uh, was Dak Prescott very last, Trey Lance second to last, Justin Fields, your guys, Derek Carr. Uh, Joe Burrow and Baker Mayfield, if only for a single week. So all of these, like last year, I kid you not, when I didn't have DVOA in there and I had QBR, uh, Rodgers was the worst in the league after that Saints game. So these aren't biblical. They will adjust. But right now, that is the the worst and the best. Why um, do you I, have Trevor Lawrence? <clears throat> yes, good question. He is number 18. How did the how did the Bay, uh, Jags look? I didn't catch it much of that game. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet either. Um, but they made Carson Wentz look good until the second half, which is kind of how it works, I guess. Um, like I said, I didn't watch much of that game. Carson Wentz looked awesome, and then he tried to give it away in the final quarter, I believe. <laughs> uh, but I know Travis Etienne did not look great, and people were complaining about Doug Peterson, which has me a little fearful. But... Um, that's not making the best for those uh, <laughs> second year QBs right now. So maybe it's just a week one fluke. Well, you got your rep- your reputation depends on it. I have a high management percentage of those guys. <laughs> I won in eight out of ten leagues, and I got lucky in a couple of those. Well, it's oh, going to no. take a few more weeks to see the best quarterback out of that draft. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, at least a few more weeks. My Hopefully final it's not Zach Wilson because I traded him away today. Oh, that's who I'm talking about. <laughs> Remember, I got him as the 15th best quarterback in the league this year. Oh yeah, you oh. got you got to back that one up too. Why I traded him? <laughs> <laughs> but for now, but for now, Flacco's the understood quarterback. The understood. My <laughs> final thing that I'm watching for <clears throat> is the battle of the own ones. Uh, there are two games, noteworthy games, where own one teams face each other, in which one team 
surprisingly risks falling to 0-2, which is not an easy historical basement to climb out of. Bengals-Cowboys, both 0-1. Bengals probably will win because it's unlikely that Burrow looks like poop two weeks in a row. Um, however, that would put Cowboys in the basement 0-2, which nobody had them in um, going into this season. So somebody, unless they tie by Sunday night, will be 0-2 out of the Cowboys and Bengals. And the same gig is for my Cardinals and the Raiders, two teams that were reasonably respected heading into the regular season. One of those teams will be 0-2. And if it's the Raiders, they're probably up a crick because of their division. And if it's the Cardinals, I look like a complete imbecile um, because <laughs> I have them going a long way, baby. Uh, but keep an eye on the 0-2 games because NFL math is not kind to teams that start 0-2 and especially teams that start 0-3. Yeah, I believe the Cowboys are already eliminated from playoffs, aren't they? <laughs> Everybody I'm, loves it. I have a sneaky suspension, suspension, uh, suspicion that the Commanders and the Lions is going to be a good one. Ooh, mm. is that I your just... is that your that your final <laughs> surprise or what? Yeah, well, well, All yeah. If we're reaction. on our final surprise, we're going to roll with that. Yeah, we'll see Wentz again. Is that because you uh, are excited to see it? Or you think it's going to be good football, or what are we thinking? Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I think, I mean, I'd like to see, I'd like to see Wentz uh, come out again and maybe get the Commanders to two and zero, and I'd like to see the the Lions uh, actually win one. So I think it's got the capabilities of being a good game. I, I, I think it. I mean, it's the it's the two ugliest teams ever, <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be a, a fun game to watch. When I, in 1990 or 91, when I really started to understand how football worked, those two teams, the NFC, were badass with Mark Mark Rippon and Scott Mitchell. Oh, yeah. So so when I think about those teams playing each other, it invokes nostalgia because now, you know, nobody cares about them. But when I got into football, it was like, wow, the Redskins and blah, 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 and the Lions, Scott Mitchell. Little did I know. That was just a blip in the radar for especially the Lions. Yeah. Uh, the commanders were quite good. <clears throat> not only not only from the nostalgia that you referenced, but usually uh, you're destined to see him every Thanksgiving, too. Yeah. Yeah. Amen to that. <clears throat> All right. So he drops the commanders and Lions on us. Wes, what's your final thing you're looking for week two? It's got to be Vikings at Philly, the the coupe du jour of the week. Um, that will be a damn good game. Spotlighted the the last of the two Monday night football games. Uh, yeah, I, I I can't wait for it. Um, <laughs> we'll really get a um, get to see, you know, which if any of these two teams are are worthy of, um, you know, the contender status uh, because both uh, one and week one, uh, they have kind of been vaulted into that upper echelon. And um, I've said it here before how I, I really like Philly this year. I, I like them coming out of the East. I think they uh, have a defense that has talent at each level, talent and depth. Um, and Minnesota, I mean, they, I was a little not necessarily fearful, but just uneasy with no starters playing in the preseason and to have them come out and completely dismantle green Bay um, on offense and 
um, wreak havoc on defense. It, it, you know, it really surprised me in a way. Um, obviously green Bay didn't have, uh, their starting tackles. Um, Philly has one of the best offensive lines in the league. So, um, getting pressure and getting pressure without having to send multiple, uh, people will be key for this game on top of, uh, Minnesota's run defense. Um, Philly's a team that loves to run the ball, uh, as Dustin mentioned previously, uh, four players scored rushing touchdowns, uh, for them last week against Detroit. Um, but as much as I've pumped up Philly's defense, I believe that they are a little susceptible uh, in the secondary. Um, and with it being a primetime game, fully anticipate Justin Jefferson um, putting on an absolute showcase in primetime. So I still have Mon- – oh, I still have. I've had Monday Night Road Demons for the Vikings throughout most of my life. And correspondingly, on the show that I record before this with Brian McKinney, uh, Sal Spice and Ron Saw. I was the only one on the panel to pick the Eagles to win. I I, I picked them by four, and the, they kind of looked at me like I was nuts. And I'm like, I I got to see it before you know I can christen it. And also, the Minnesota Vikings and Ed Donatel defenses usually have a hard time with mobile quarterbacks. I don't know if anybody's brought that to the forefront. Mm. So I'm kind of I'm really excited to watch it. But if O'Connell can win a Monday Night Road game in his first two weeks after being the Packers. Wow. We're going to get real, real hyped. Well, yeah. I mean, the Packers and the Eagles are both heavy hitters in that division. Yeah. Right. I mean, rattling off those two wins at the beginning of the season, man. Oof. Yeah, yeah, it would be, it would be uh West. Do you like the Vikings to win or haven't you settled on a prediction yet? Uh, I haven't. Um, it's, it's a new era, and so the the previous Vikings regime me would say this is going to be Philly. It'll probably be close, but it'll be mm-hmm. Philly. But I, I'm having a tough time with this one. Yeah. Um, well, I'm giving you cover. I'm pick. I'm taking the Eagles twenty four twenty. Yeah, I I think the the Eagles take it at home. Uh, take care of business at home. I'm just hoping the Vikings show enough to to prove that they belong in the conversation. Um, and as they continue to work out the kinks um, in the defense, hopefully uh, if we are to meet later uh, in the playoffs with Philly, you know, we'll be able to um, take away some of the things that they might've been uh, good at. All right, Cody, what's the final thing for the show tonight that you're anxiously awaiting week two uh well my last one was also the eagles and the vikings oh, sweet perfect um i did want to focus on the run game for both both teams i read somewhere that the vikings let up over six yards per carry to the packers uh it's gonna be for me vital yeah i digest a lot of reports and information um but no, I think it's going to be vital to bring that down against the Eagles for obvious reasons, like y'all y'all have stated. But uh, a big key to this game is going to be getting Dalvin Cook going more as an engine than he was against the Packers. We're going to need to keep the defense fresh. They're young. They need to not be exposed out there on all these running downs and getting gassed. And then before you know it, you're getting hit by Devonta Smith over the top. 
And uh, A.J. Brown had um, less yards than Justin Jefferson, but he had a great game as well. So uh, hopefully the the young guys on defense um, bring some of that experience that they've gotten against Justin Jefferson over the summer and bring it to that A.J. Brown matchup. Um, I do want to say the Bills and the Titans also seem pretty interesting. Uh, I believe the Titans beat the Bills last year. Um, and then uh, the Giants and the Panthers. I'm eager to see if Saquon Barkley is all the way back because he's looking like the first the guy who should have went first overall in fantasy drafts everywhere. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so the thing about Dalvin Cook, I said this on my YouTube show, is he had 108 yards from scrimmage and it felt like a total footnote. Mm-hmm. It was like good for him. I didn't. I didn't even realize that. Like <laughs> because it was such a pass happy, be aggressive, don't let their asses back into it. Cook had 108 yards, which is a very Zimmer esque occurrence, but it didn't feel like it. One iota. I don't know if you guys yep. felt that way. Did you? Here's another thing, Wes. Um, you know mm-hmm. South Spice. Uh, yep. On the, we recorded a show on Monday night to go over the aftermath of the Vikings Packers game, and she was the only one who claims that during the second half, she didn't hear the, the Packers footsteps. She wasn't nervous. And I was like, mm. uh, Ron and I were like, yo, I was just waiting. I was waiting baby for that. For them to <laughs> When they scored the first one, I was like, all right, comes a three and out. They're getting the ball back. This bitch is going to be 17, 14. And we're going to have a fourth quarter getting, I was starting to get salty even before it happened. And it, and it just, <laughs> the old it, feelings return. <laughs> yep. And there was no reason that they should have like O'Connell had done nothing wrong. But I was like, all right, well, we know this is Rogers. He's back on his bullshit. Uh, did you, Cody, you or Wes, did you guys get nervous during the second half or not? I didn't. No, I, um, I mean, I definitely had the, the quick feeling that you were just mentioning mm-hmm. where they score and it's like, okay. Uh, but it wasn't dread. It was, all right, now let, let's go. Let's put together a drive and and keep this thing going, you know. And uh, pleasantly, we were able to to do that. And um, you know, after the first or second uh, first down that we got, I was just like, okay, you know, this is this is different, mm-hmm. and we're gonna be okay. Ooh, okay. Yeah, when we were coming out of the half, uh, I actually looked at the in laws and everybody in the room and quoted the uh Seahawks game whenever we came out from the half and then you blink your eyes and they scored two touchdowns <laughs> and I and, and the thing is I quoted that game because I don't think that I was heard their footsteps because I was telling them you know if we still had our last coach we'd be worried about something like that right now and after the way that first half went it was if if things were to flip on us again, like in that Seattle game, which we were doing great in that Seattle game, but not great like we were doing against Green Bay last Sunday. And if things would have turned around and we would have lost that game, the NFL would be would have been a cruel, cruel world. It would. I mean, that first half was they said it repeatedly on on air that it couldn't have a better start for the Kevin O'Connell uh, regime for sure. Mm-hmm. And kudos to Quasi uh, for making all those moves, even if people didn't like it. Uh, a lot of the new additions that he made, Jordan Phillips, um, uh, Jordan Hicks, uh, and um, I'm probably missing someone, but either Harrison way. Harrison Phillips, sir. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> even our even our uh, draft picks, um, the right guard we had, sorry, I'm 
editing right them. now. Yeah, there we go. I seem like a casual. But anyways, um, they, <laughs> they like, all show It's like me picking the Cardinals to get to the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, which, by the way, that Cardinals-Raiders matchup this week has to be the absolute worst-case Super Bowl scenario. I mean, if we're watching a Cardinals and Raiders Super Bowl in February, oh, I don't want to watch that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, can we? I want to get back to, to to my game just for a second. That that feeling that you're talking about, mm-hmm. Dustin. That that oh, we know we know it's going to happen. Yep, of course it's going to happen. <laughs> that that in West described a perfect dread, you <laughs> impending doom that we all know. See, I also did not have that feeling at all watching my game. Now, my my and my kids <laughs> and my wife did. But I just sat back and watched this game at perfect peace. And it was the best feeling in the world. <laughs> and when we lost, I was just like, huh. There's not more time on the clock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I but 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 that feeling was gone. And, yeah. and that that feeling succumbed me for the last seven years. <laughs> oh, and it was just it it's it it's like spiritual rot is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And there, even after a loss like that, there's still hope. I mean, oh, yeah, like that franchise. Key I think that's why he's so upbeat is because he knows there's better days ahead because you don't have to worry about some asshole quarterback, you know, throwing for 120 yards and throwing. I mean, you have Russ Wilson. They're going to be just fine once they iron. The only reason they didn't score is because of bullshit stuff. The turnovers on the one yard line. So, yeah, I mean, normal, every week. Yeah, normal week. Gordon would have had that touchdown. Javante mm-hmm. would have had that. touch. So, I mean, but it was just like and, and nor do I feel well. T- Here comes another three and out, just like what you just described. Well, they're going to punt it. They're going to force the three and out, and then they're going to be right back in the game. And no, yeah. so just to have that feeling not there was was something just, you know what? Happy and a loss. I never thought I'd say it. The uh, let Russ cook. The most vivid example of the the dread <clears throat> that I can remember was the, it was the Minneapolis Miracle game. Uh, I was there with my wife. And you guys remember when it started to go south from 17, nothing, I started to feel that feeling. So I sat there like this. Cause I, I was like, I know what's going to happen here. They're going to be very bad. You know, just sitting there quiet. My wife's like, you need to grow up here. This is playoffs. And I was just sitting there and then they got up and I was like, this asshole, this, this punt's going to be blocked. And then that's exactly what happened. And I was like, just worse fears coming true. And uh, that's why the, the miracle was a so sweet for me because I was just disheartened like i couldn't believe it absolutely couldn't believe it 17 nothing i can when the vikings are playing or the lakers and lebron are playing i can stomach anything except a blown lead of more than two scores because then you can taste it and then once it's vanquished you're like what did i even why do we even bother why do i care about these guys i'm throwing some ball around (laughs) yeah you start questioning your whole existence (laughs) what the hell have i been doing yeah. wasting my time. I still get chills <laughs> from all those reactions from that play, even yeah. now whenever I see it. Especially you loop that Titanic soundtrack to it, and I'm all <laughs> I got the glisten in my eye. And my <laughs> wife's like, it's been like six years. Will you please stop? <laughs> well, then again, then I carried into the the following week with that opening drive, too. Oh, yeah. That was oh yeah. I was like, we're going to the Super Bowl. And someone somewhere was like, (laughs) 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 the only thing that I will uh, look back on the Eagles game that I'm thankful for is that, yes, they scored. I think Rudolph scored the opening touchdown. But after that, we knew early on that this thing was going shitty. Like, (laughs) like I didn't we didn't have to get up 20 to nothing and then have it sucked out of us. 
once once they scored and then the momentum shifted, I was like, all right, we're getting our ass kicked. I don't have to worry about my heart being ripped out in the fourth quarter. We deserve to lose. It's the ticky tack stuff where I'm like, oh, my God. At least we knew not to pay Case Keenum, right? We weren't that. (laughs) Yeah, we did, though. Yeah, I know. (laughs) All right, gentlemen. (laughs) Uh Oh, you, you muted yeah, too excited. Yeah, go ahead. Went, I did get really excited there because I wanted to be, I wanted to mention one of uh Elway's. Remember when Elway introduced him? Yeah, I'd like to welcome the uh the new starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos, Case Keesum. <laughs> He's just our new tribute, our new sacrificial lamb. Mm-hmm. All right, next Wednesday night we'll do the same format. So be scouring your NFL red zone uh, or whatever it is you do, and then start looking forward to week three because that'll, that'll get to us alright gentlemen have a good night bye guys, bye, guys. later bye. thank you for listening to Believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.